welcome to episode 418 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that is for you if you play Magic the Gathering, and especially if you are so psyched about Kaldheim coming up. I know. I'm so excited. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And yeah, Kaldheim releases on Thursday this week on Arena and Magic Online uh, for the pre-release. Uh, mm-hmm. Releases in paper on February 5th, so if you're getting excited to play some Kaldheim cards, just wait. It's coming up this week. That's right. And to prepare you, this week is, of course, our very special Judge Rob episode. <laughs> so we have got Judge Rob in here. Well, not in here, in the internet, on our computer screens. <laughs> We've got him in the internet for We've you. We've got him in the internet for you to explain all of these Kaldheim rules interactions and new mechanics yeah. and specific cards that may have some complicated text on them to make sure that you are prepared going into this weekend. And I've got to tell you, you are going to want to take a listen to this, even if you feel like, oh, I'm old hat. I know how everything works. No, you will get there something wrong. There was stuff that I was yes. very surprised by. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I definitely would have done things incorrectly with cards and had to pay as a result. So very happy that Judge Rob came by to give us all a lesson in all aspects of Call Time. Not to mention that Call Time, one of the most, if not the most complex set that Magic the Gathering has Ooh. ever printed outside of a special set like Commander or something like that. Very, very cool. But before we get started, first off, a huge shout out to everyone who makes this show and especially special episodes of the show like our Judge Rob episode yeah. possible by being a patron and a supporter over on patreon.com slash glhf magic oh megan do you want to find out our new people from last time daniel shout out to daniel i'm already ready thanks daniel for becoming a patron since last week yay absolutely we are so thankful for everybody who becomes a supporter of the show it takes just a couple minutes of your time Mm -hmm. and you support all of our creations over on a goodluckhigh5.com this show the upkeep all of our videos all of our special stuff like coming up this week we're gonna have a video which is the top 10 Worst rares that you do not want to play in your call time pre-release. That's right. All of that under the Patreon banners, all supporting that. And we are so happy for new members. People have been members forever. Everybody who's a member of our GLHF family. Thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. A great place to go for all of your magical needs. Uh, and especially now that call time is here. Absolutely. You're going to want to order those singles. You're going to want to order those boosters, those boxes. And they are the quickest way to get all of that sweet, sweet call time into your home. Yeah. Support Card Kingdom. Say good luck, High Five. They'll throw a sticker or token in your order for mm-hmm. free and get all the stuff that you need to have your very own call time experience inside your own house. They are now the keepers of the only remaining available Good Luck High Five tokens out there. That's true. Yeah. So we if don't you have, have a token, <laughs> you gotta, yeah, we don't. I mean it. We mail them all. Card Kingdom's got some though. So... All right, everybody, it is time to welcome our very special guest, Judge Rob, onto Good Luck High Five. Hi, Rob. Hi. Yay. Yay. We're so excited to have you here to tell us all about Call Time, all of the mechanics, the new mechanics, the returning mechanics, the tricky cards, because uh, there's a lot of it. There's certainly a lot of words in this set. You had a stat, I believe. Yes. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy you brought this up, Rob. So I asked Twitter the other day because I was very interested if Call Time had the most rules text of any set ever. 
Mm-hmm. Turns out it does. The good people over at Scryfall confirm this for me. Call time has 4,520 words of F- rules text. 14. 14. What did I say? Four. 14,520,000 <laughs> words of rules text. Just a cool 10K more. <laughs> which is by far the most of any set ever printed. The runners up here, the next place, is Ikoria with 12,291 words, followed by Zendikar Rising, 11,807, and Eldrain, 10,754. Whew. Which is interesting, not only because, you know, you might have gotten the inkling that call times seem pretty complex, but here is proof that the last few sets complexity has been rising yeah or at least death yeah or at least verbosity yes at least verbosity for sure so judge rob before we get in to all the mechanics and all the fun cards and call time uh you usually start us off with a little psa i do and uh i'm gonna keep going back to the well of in-store play is not a wizard's thing right now and what that means is that stores have been having a very very rough time over the last year. And if you have a local store, what they're actually suffering on a lot is incidental purchases. So people come to the pre-release, they pick up snacks, right? They pick up, they pick up their sleeves there. They're, they're there for the day. They're like, Oh, that's a cool board game. That's a cool D and D book. They pick those things up. Not everybody does, but some people do. And so that was what they did. The reason why they had us play spaces to get you in to buy those things. And they're having a tough time, in many cases, keeping the doors open without that local play. And if you if you are planning to do the pre-release, or if you're not planning to do the pre-release and you just want to support your local store, you like them, they're good people, reach out to them, pick up some sleeves from them, pick up a board game to go play with your pod, bubble, whatever you want to call it during the pandemic, right? Uh, pick up something to help your local store out, because you will be desperate to go out and have a place to play magic when everything is said and done, (laughs) you will be so excited to sit down across from that dude that smells like Hot Pockets. Like (laughs) (laughs) That dude, Rob, how dare you? I know you're talking about me. It is Maria. Fair. Okay, sorry. I wasn't being inclusive (laughs) enough. Um, You, that person (laughs) that smells like Hot Pockets. Um, My apologies. Uh, (laughs) You'll be excited to just hang out with some people. And the place to do that is your third place, the local game store, right? Um, And keeping them, keeping them afloat from now until then will, will help you be a little more sane in a few months when enough people are vaccinated where everybody can really go in public. Please don't play locally. We have more people dying now than ever every day. It's like, you might think you can be more risky because there's vaccinated people out there. It's, it's less safe now than it was for Zendikar, uh, like statistically. Um, it sucks. And I, I don't want people to get hurt or die because of my advice. I just want, when everything is safe, people to be able to go out and hang out with their friends. Yeah, stay home, but pick up a board game that you can play yeah. at home. Yeah, and we have got some fabulous suggestions of board games you can pick Mm -hmm. up at your local game store over on our sister channel, youtube.com slash goodluckhi5boardgames, if you're looking for some ideas, because that is a great tip, Rob. Thank you. Uh, So let's dive into cards, because I'm going to read a lot of words off these cards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Rob. All right. All right, let's get going. We've got new mechanics is how we structure this. New mechanics, then returning mechanics. And the first new one is one we actually had questions about on a show a few shows ago, Fortell. 
Uh, so Fortel is the big new headlining mechanic in the set. Um, I'm going to look at Cosmos Charger. It's a 3-3 for blue and 3, or Spirit, with Flash and Flying, and it says foretelling cards from your hand costs one generic mana less and can be done on any player's turn. And then it has Fortel of blue and 2, and some nice reminder text. During your turn, you may pay 2 mana and exile this card from your hand face down, cast it on a later turn for its Fortel cost. So Fortel is basi basically like Morph for spells. Um, it's Morph without a creature attached. And so you, you pay some mana, it's a special action. This doesn't use the stack, you can't counter it, you can't nimble obstructionist it. You just pay some mana and you set it aside and you do it anytime you have priority on your turn. So if you if it's your upkeep and you're going to be discarding a card to bottomless pit because you're in 1997, um, then <laughs> you can respond to the trigger by foretelling the last card in your hand if it has foretell on it. I hate all those times I accidentally end up in 1997. I know it. <laughs> Look, I reach for examples, and they're the classic ones from my childhood. So, ah, um, uh, weatherlight is here. <laughs> yeah, stronghold. Um, so, it, you can do this anytime you have priority, not just on your main phase. You can do it in response to spells. You can do it during combat. You can do it at different times. You can only foretell cards that are in your hand. So there's a lot of things, Red has this impulsive draw thing where it's like, exile the top card and you can play it this turn. You can't foretell it. Um, oh, and okay. if you foretell a card, you cannot cast it the same turn that you foretell it. So if I foretell this Cosmos Charger, I pay blue and two. And during my main phase, I go to combat to do some stuff. My opponent then does something that makes me want to have a force on my turn. I can't, I can't cast it the same turn that I foretell. Oh, that's so interesting because it specifically calls it out and says cast it on a later on a turn. Later turn. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a couple okay. cards. Um, there's a scarecrow I'll mention that that's super relevant because otherwise he's just a, he's just cheaper to do with foretell. So um, all scarecrows are super relevant, Rob. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to say you're wrong, except that you're totally wrong. Most scarecrows are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one Scarecrow deck? What was it? Oh, yeah. Painter Servant. Painter Servant. What format was that? Modern? No, it was like when we had no bandless modern, maybe? Oh, oh we, we must have been playing a weird format. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. are playing a weird format. That's yeah, there, there's Anyways. Painter's Grindstone and Legacy's a real deck. Um, but Whew. So the other thing is that when you cast the spell off Fortel, you cast at the time you could normally cast the spell. So Cosmos Charger here, you can foretell it on your turn and then flash it on their turn. You can still only foretell it on your turn, unless something like Cosmos Charger gives you the ability to foretell at other times. Gotcha. The, so this is relevant because there are some spells with foretell yeah. that you could cast on if it's an instant on your yes. opponent's turn. But it's it just is it means whatever the card is normally yes. is when you can norm, when yeah. you, you can cast it for its foretell cost. Exactly. Okay. At the normal time. And got it. The card goes face down, and you have to track the order that you foretell cards when you're doing it in paper. So if I foretell something on turn two, that's the first foretold card. If I foretell something again on turn three, that's the second foretold card. Uh, this might be relevant if your opponent looks at your hand. Like, you foretell a card on two, they, like, they use a discard spell that lets them look at your hand and discard a card, and then you foretell a new card on turn three. You have to differentiate which one so they can know that the, third, the, the, the second foretold card is the one that they couldn't know. Yeah, that's gotcha. good to know. I saw them doing this at the pre pre release yep. over on Loading Ready Run. So yeah. yeah, helpful reminder. Yeah. And if something mentions foretelling, that's the art uh, that's the act of putting it face down in Excel. So I think it's an art, Rob. <laughs> it is an art. 
the art of the, putting a card face down yes. <laughs> in exile. It is an art. I mean, I, I think that drawing cards off your deck is an art because I've been known for dexterity errors in yeah. my time. So <laughs> I've knocked over many a library as well. <laughs> so the other big new mechanic is boast. Uh, boasting yes. is good. Everybody should boast more. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, Absolutely. So we're going to talk about Dragonkin Berserker here. Dragonkin Berserker is a 2-2 for red and 1, a human berserker. It has first strike, and it says boast abilities you activate cost 1 mana less to activate for each dragon you control. Ooh. Boast of red and 4, create a 5-5 red dragon creature token with flying. I'm terrified of this card. Nice. I, it looks like it's just going to make a bunch of make a bunch of dragons. It's great. Uh, it reminds me of yeah. that little 1-1. One, one. Do you remember that? If you dragon had six Master Outcast. Dragon Master Outcast. Six mana, boom, make a dragon. Yeah, you didn't even have to pay for Dragon Master no, Outcast. You didn't. It just happened. Uh, so Dragon Game Berserker here. So the boast ability has reminder text. Activate this ability only if the creature attacked this turn and only once each turn. I mean, you can't boast too many times. People just think you're a jerk. Yeah, they're just like, ugh, <laughs> over it. That's the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. You're only allowed to boast so much. Uh, so boast look kind of looks like an ability word. It's a word followed by a dash. It's not. It has rules text packed behind it that that does its under the hood stuff, and that's why it has reminder text and it allows other things to refer to boast. So like this, the striking berserker refers to boast, where normally you can't refer to ability words. So it's gotcha. it's interesting. Um, it tracks the object that boasted, or that can boast, <laughs> or that attacked. So this, <laughs> this sounds complicated, but it basically means is you track the thing. So if you attack with a changeling that can, ch that can change into a copy of something, and then post-combat it changes into a copy of Dragonkin Berserker, it remembers that it attacked. So it can yeah. boost. Yep. Um, ah, that's cool. Just how, like, when you put on a different outfit, you still remember what you did earlier. <laughs> and each boast ability is tracked separately. So if it gets two boast abilities, it can boast separately for each one. Uh, also, gotcha. because it tracks the object, there's a weird thing that you can do where, like, you attack with the creature and then your opponent steals it, and then they get to boast with it because oh, that creature oh. attacked this turn. It's it's not going to come up very much, but it's going to be very strange when it does. Gotcha. And remember, everybody, even if you attacked and you don't activate it, like, during combat or whatever, in your second main phase, you can still pay the boast because it has attacked. Yeah, you can make a land drop in, during your second main in order to boast. So if you attack yeah. with four lands out with the Dragon and Berserker here, then, and they're like, whatever, you're not going to get a dragon. You're like, make a land drop, make a dragon, go. Nice. Uh, they they can nice. be very sad as a result. Uh, but it is... Sequencing, everybody. Yes. Sequencing. But, but they can't, but it is an instant, or it is instant activatable, so you can do it during combat if you need to do it, or you can do it later. Okay. Uh, nice. The runes. I love the runes. These are great enchantments. The runes are a new type of aura. Uh, so Rune of Flight here is blue and one for an enchantment aura rune. Enchant permanent. When Rune of Flight enters the battlefield, draw a card. As long as enchanted permanent is a creature, it has fly. As long as enchanted permanent is an equipment, it has equipped creature as fly. I'm just going to take this oh. moment to say that... Well, I love a good aura, obviously. Um, I still think my idea for runes was better. The end. <laughs> Do you remember what I said, Megan? No. I, I wanted it to be something where 
cards had a rune cost on them and or whatever they that you get them and you get some runes with them and then you can either sacrifice a rune to scry or sacrifice oh, three right. yeah, to yeah, draw yeah. a card or something okay so like the enchantment what? tokens, the shards that are made by the new planeswalker, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, they already had it, so I understand why they didn't go with my idea, <laughs> but like, you know, just think about it. <laughs> so the the word rune is just a tag. There's five runes, one in each color, and the there's one card that searches for runes, uh, which is a, a problem that they fixed from Zendikar quests, which are one of my saddest design mistakes that they oversaw that they didn't do. But the runes all enchant any permanent, so you can put them on anything. Uh, this includes your lands or your opponent's lands. If you are hard up for something to do and you just need to draw a card, you can rune a flight your opponent's basic small. Great. And oh. So, so that you're going to see them a lot just because of this. I mean, besides the fact that they're all really good and limited, they're just basically mm-hmm. always playable because they're, they're, they're a cycling card. That's the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, because they can enchant anything, they can enchant something like Faceless Haven. Uh, Faceless Haven is a land in the set. It's a snow land. We'll talk about snow in a moment here. But it taps for it taps for colorless, and for snow, 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 it becomes a 4-3 creature with vigilance and all creature types until end of turn. So if you put the rune on Faceless Haven, then animate it to become a 4-3, it'll have flying. Uh, if you nice. put Rune of Flight on it. So I love this card. Faceless Haven is so cool. Yeah, Faceless Haven is very cool, and the art is very good. Titus did a great job on it. But yeah. be aware that you can put it on anything. There's a couple. There's a few vehicles in the set. You can put it on vehicles, and that's fairly relevant when you can suit up. The They apply plus one, plus one, or the green rune applies a plus one, plus one. It puts it on top of the, the power toughness from the vehicle, if you put it on a vehicle or on Faceless Haven as a land. So it essentially makes a DeLorean. Yes. From Back to the Future, flying car. Yes. You can, you can put you can put Runa Flight on a on a vehicle to make a flying car. Yes. Okay. Where we're going, Great. we do not New need goal. roads. <laughs> Returning mechanics, because that was the new stuff. Um, there's only a couple okay. new things basically, and otherwise they're returning a whole pack of random nonsense. Uh, <laughs> modal level face cards. Uh, they might just have double Great. face cards in every set from now on. I will stop mentioning them if they're in the next set, basically, because okay. they. Yeah, I mean, okay. everyone seems to love them, and I can only imagine they're just going to keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, they're really cool. Uh, so, modal double face cards are double face cards that cannot transform. They have a, they have an up arrow or an up down arrow in the upper left hand corner to tell you that they are modal double face cards, and they don't mention transforming anymore. Um, I'm going to talk about Valky, God of Lies, who on the other side is Tybalt, Cosmic Imposter. Uh, Valky is a 2-1 for black and 1, legendary creature god. When Valky enters the battlefield, each opponent reveals their hand. For each opponent, exile a creature card they revealed this way until Valky leaves the battlefield. And X mana, you choose a creature card exiled with Valky with converted mana cost X. Valky becomes a copy of that card. And on the other side is Tybalt, Cosmic Imposter. He costs... Red, black, and five. As Tybalt enters the battle, or enters with five loyalty. As Tybalt enters the battlefield, you get an emblem with. You may play cards exiled with Tybalt, Cosmic Imposter, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. Plus two, exile the top card of each player's library. Minus three, exile target artifact or creature. Minus eight, exile all cards from all graveyards and add red, red, red. So, with modal double face cards, anytime that you could 
play or cast it, you get to choose which side you get to, to, to cast. Um, so if you're instructed to, if you're given the option to, say, cast a card from your graveyard and Valky's in your graveyard, you can cast Tybalt Cosmic Imposter. And so Tybalt cool. actually, will, it, it says that. You may play cards X out of the Tybalt Cosmic, Cosmic Imposter. So if you, if you cast Tybalt previously and he exiles a, a Valky Tybalt off of your library, you can choose which side to cast. Um, they, when they're in any zone other than the stack or the battlefield, they are just the front face. So in, in your library, Valky is a two mana card. He's not a seven mana card. The, gotcha. If you are instructed to put, if you have like a, something that says put target creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield, and you put Valky onto the battlefield, you don't get to put Tybalt into the battlefield. You put just the front face onto the battlefield. If something instructs you. So if a card yeah. was like, put a Planeswalker in your graveyard onto the battlefield, you couldn't, you couldn't do it. Because Valky is a creature in the graveyard. In a, yeah. Or if someone were to duress your hand, they couldn't right, take it. Right. right. Valky's immune to duress because he's a creature. Um, I wanted to mention some things about Tybalt because people have missed this. Tybalt gives you an emblem. And when Tybalt goes away, you can still play the things that you exiled with Tybalt. So... Okay. It, nice. it, it, this this is super relevant because if you put Tybalt onto the battlefield somehow, or you cast him, uh, then you can, well, if you only cast him, you can't just put him out of the battlefield. If you cast Tybalt, then you get to plus two exile the top of each player's library, and it's just kind of like drawing two cards. It's just pretty good. Yeah. Um, All right, Tybalt's back, and Tybalt may be yeah. good. <laughs> and as mentioned, modal double face cards can't transform. Valky can turn into copies of cards that can transform. So if if your opponent has a Huntmaster of the Fells and you exile it with Valky and then uh, pay four mana to turn Valky into Huntmaster, you can't transform Valky. If you give Valky an instruction to transform, he just laughs at you. He does not care. <laughs> He's like, lol. Lol. I pass. <laughs> Thanks, but I'm yeah, good. I, 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 that other guy, ne- never met him. <laughs> yeah. So... Seems Who's like Tibble? a very Volky thing heard to say. Of Tibble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the one thing people are looking at doing with this is cascading into Volky. Have you seen anything mentioned about that? No. So no. Uh, Bloodbraid Elf uh, has Cascade, right? And so people are looking yeah. at using yes. Bloodbraid Elf cascading into Volky. Cascade checks the converted mana cost of the card when you, well, it's being exiled for Cascade, and then it lets you cast the card. It doesn't check the converted mana cost when you go to cast. <laughs> it checks the converted mana cost nice. as the front face. And then lets you cast whatever. Um, so you what? can cascade into You can tibble. cascade into Tibble with Blood Right Out. No, this is, so, so here's the deal. That's the current rules. Uh, the, They're going to change it. They have to. That's absurd. They, they might. They could just draw out a cascade. This is not impossible. Uh that's the rules as they are right now. If there's a rules update that will happen next week, I believe, just after the set release, they release the full <laughs> comprehensive rules. All right. Watch out, everybody. Jund, turns out, <clears throat> is good in modern well, again. It's, it, yeah, it's tricky because you can, you need to be able to consistently hit Valky. And Valky's fine. He's not incredible. He's not terrible. He's fine. <laughs> so... Oh, that's uh, funny. It, it may or may not end up being worthwhile, but be aware, it's not a bug in Magic Online if it happens this way. It's not a bug in Arena. Um, 
Nice. That's very funny. So there's a bunch of Cascade cards in in Commander Legends that just came out, too. So. Very cool. Well, well, you know see. what? If you do it, congratulations yeah. to you, man. It sounds I pretty it's, 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 <laughs> it's pretty It might good. end up being dumb and degenerate. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So Rob's definitely going to oh, make yeah. the deck. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. making this. Like, <laughs> it's not really a question. I played you on, on Magic Online before, Rob. I know how it goes. <laughs> I just won the Faithless Brewing League because I played Blood Moon ah. every week. Uh, it was it was a thing that I did. Oh, boy. You monster. I, it, oh. Look. Week four, they gave me a format where they banned all the basic lands from modern. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> Look at the time, Rob. It looks like you've got a gig going. <laughs> Weird. That's just evil, yeah. man. I, I'm only human, but though. But I mean, <laughs> you made mortal. the right call. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, though. Moving fair on. Enough, fair enough. We have the return of sagas. Sagas are back. Yeah. And this, I, I'm really excited about sagas being basically in every set. They're just fun. This is one of the biggest yeah, uh, the biggest reasons why this set is full of words, though. You're going to have to read the sagas multiple times. Uh, so Forging the Tyrite Sword, because it has the least words of any of the sagas, uh, it's white, red, <laughs> and one. Uh, as the saga enters and after your draw step, add a lower counter and sacrifice it after it runs its course. This, this one only has three steps. Uh, step one and step two are create a treasure token. So the first lower counter and the second lower counter both will create treasure. Then the third lore counter will search your library for a card named Halvar, God of Battle, or an equipment card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library. Uh, this is a... Yep, right. these, these are triggers that happen on your main phase. Sorry. These are a turn-based action that happens in your main phase that causes a trigger to happen on the side. So they can't stop you from adding the counter, but they could, like, nimble obstructionist the trigger to create a treasure token. Uh, so time will still advance. Gotcha. They, can't, they can't lock you on the same number forever. The story continues whether or not yeah. you have actually right. read the exactly. words. Exactly. <laughs> you ever you ever been reading and you just like Wait. I just missed a whole page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what was yep. I doing? Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to snow that I mentioned we'd talk about. Uh, snow is a super type. Let's look at Frost Augur here. It's a 1/2 for single blue snow creature, human wizard. Snow and tap. Look at the top card of your library. If it's a snow card, you may reveal it and put it in your hand. Uh, and then it gives you the reminder text, snow can be paid with one mana from a snow source. So the, the word snow can get tacked as a tag onto any card on the um, its type line. It is not a creature type. It is not a card type. It is a super type, like basic or legendary. And the snow symbol, anything that uses it tends to remind you what it means. Um, it, it just means... For the most part, lands that are snow-typed are what you need to pay for this. So in, dra- gotcha. in Constructed, you can play a, in any format where a Kaldheim is legal. All four basic snow lands are legal. And, or, sorry, all five basic snow lands are legal. Thanks. I was like, No, what? no, we don't have, there's, there's no snow mountain. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in, in any format where Kaldheim is legal, all five basic snow lands are legal. So in standard, you'll be able to play with either basic forest or uh, snow-covered basic forest. And in limited, you only play the snow lands that you draft or you open in your sealed deck. So you must draft snow lands when you're drafting if you want to be able to pay snow costs. Um, 
Gotcha. Yeah. I have a question from this card. Um, can does it um, also count just like Snowlands? I can if it's a snow permanent or it just doesn't matter as long as it's snow related. If it's a snow card, it means if it's a card with snow on the title. So if the first word, if the All first right. word is. Or if, if there's snow at the far left of the type line, it might say legendary snow or basic snow. But if there's snow on that type line, that's a snow card that you get to nice. put in your hand. I wish Minnesota tracked its snows in legendary snow or basic snow. <laughs> uh, basic snow. Tonight, a legendary snow. So watch out. Tomorrow, basic snow. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> well, legendary snows are emergency or parking emergency days, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. The, yep. the Halloween Blizzard, for example, as all everybody knows, knows the Halloween snow. Blizzard, Legendary right? Snow. Yeah. <laughs> so, snows around. You'll see it a bunch. Uh, changeling. Sweet. I'm also excited yeah, for Changeling's changeling. back. Um, this is this is they're fixing their problem that they managed to screw up in Ixalan by just using the tool that they've always had. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mistwalker here. It's a one four uh, for blue and two. It's a shapeshifter. It has the ability Changeling, and it says this card is every creature type. It also has Flying, and then Blue and One for Mistwalker gets plus one, plus one, or plus, sorry, plus one, minus one until end of turn. So the Changeling ability applies in all zones. In every zone, Mistwalker is every creature type. All the time. If you remove its abilities, it is still every creature type. Because type changing happens before ability adding and removing. Uh, this is just creature types. Gotcha. This makes it an elf, this makes it a merfolk. This makes it a uh, spirit and a brushwag. This does not make it an artifact. It does not make it snow. It does not make it legendary. Um, not all shapeshifters have changed. This is a surprising thing that I've run into with people before where they like play a random shapeshifter from some other set, and then they, they try to count it as an elf or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, if you asked me this as a trivia question, I would have said yes. They're all changelings. Uh, clone's a shapeshifter. It's not doesn't have changeling. Oh, I had lost the Jeopardy yeah, round. Shapeshifters right. predate the changeling mechanic. Um, all things with changeling yeah. are okay. shapeshifters. Not all shapeshifters have changeling. So, okay. Great. <clears throat> classic square square yes, rhombus situation. Classic square rhombus situation. <laughs> uh, well, I just have to say, I am also both a spirit and a brushwag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a squirrel and a crocodile. <laughs> but you're not sense. an alligator, because alligator isn't a creature type. That's right. I learned that from you, Judge Rob. (laughs) So uh, there's a handful of cards that refer to the second spell that you cast. So Infernal Pet here is black and two. It's a 2-2 imp. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, put a plus and plus on counter on Infernal Pet, and it gains flying until end of turn. This C spells that were cast before it, and it won't count itself if it's a second spell. So if you open by casting some other spell and then cast an Infernal Pet, Infernal Pit isn't on the battlefield to trigger. Because it needs to be on the battlefield for the whenever you cast your second spell each turn trigger to trigger. Uh, gotcha. And then if you cast a third spell after that, it's, yeah, it's like, like I was the, I, I was I the second spell. The second. Like, I, look, you, you gotta pay attention. It was me! <laughs> I was the second spell. So if I cast my third spell, it's not even gonna know? It's, it's gonna I mean, know, it's just gonna know but it's yeah. not gonna give you anything. <laughs> Because it only cares about yes. second, and it's like, I was a second, and I wasn't around, yep. so yeah. you exactly. get nothing. Yep. I would not have thought that's how it, this it, card yeah. works. It sees things yep. that happen before. It, it, it tracks the total number of spells that you cast this turn. Luckily, counting to two is very easy. Most Magic players can do it. 
<laughs> Most. Um, Most. That card is cute, by the way. It didn't win cutest card, but I just want to say it's cute and it it's weird. Cute. It is cute. It's, oh, a, it's a little spooky. spooky. He's like eating a fairy. Like, I. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That part's the spooky part. And it like he looks real pleased about it. He's just like, yeah. I caught it. I caught it. Here demon I am. Demon the it. fairy that almost is like a phrase. <laughs> I mean, it's like when my cat screams around my house and then brings a little toy and drops it at my feet, like praise me for this kill, mother. <laughs> That's what that card is doing. You're like good, yep. good job. You did it. You really, you really did it. You killed it. something that was laying there, lifeless, already dead. Thumbs up. You're yep. a real hunter. <laughs> I'm very sarcastic with my cats. <laughs> I don't think it's limited to just your cat, but. <laughs> wow. Called out. Called yep. out. Yeah. Uh, so ability counters. There's one card that adds ability counters. I don't know why. If you remember this from from um, the set with the dinosaurs. What set Not, was it? With the monsters. Ikoria. Oh, yeah, Ikoria. Uh, so uh, the moth. Yeah. Luminous, yeah, Luminous Brood, Brood Moth. Does it. There's a whole bunch of cards in Ikoria that add counters. And uh, yeah. this yeah. is the that only put, one. That put yeah, so be prepared counters. to get blown out by this because you will not realize that it does something permanent. Uh, Ascent of the Worthy is black, white, one for a saga. Um, the first and second se steps of the saga are choose a creature you control. Until your next turn, all damage that would be dealt to creatures you control is dealt to that creature instead. Uh, this is kind of a headache to remember. Basically, you're gonna get you're gonna get rocked by this online at least once, where somebody's like, "This one one takes all my damage. Attack with all of my things," and you're like, "Set up some some quality blocks," and they're like, "Cool." All of it routes to this one one, like I, kill all your dudes. But the the third step wow. of the saga, it, and it also works on blocks too, because it's until the end of your next turn. That's gonna be the hard part. Uh, because they, they're going to be able to just, yeah. like, point everything at this 1-1, one, one, pass the turn, and then blocks, make their creatures are invincible on defense. Uh, but step three. Yeah. Although if the 1-1 one, one goes Correct. away, If the 1-1 one, one is not anymore, around, right? then, the first, okay. then the first and second steps uh, don't have anywhere to redirect the damage to. Um, step three gotcha. is return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with the flying comrade. That creature is an angel warrior in addition to its other types. I... I predict that All they're right. not going to put flying counters in boosters like they did for Ikoria. Because there's no reason to. No. It's the only card that puts counters on that puts ability counters on things. But the yeah. the thing is a permanent angel warrior and permanently has flying. Well, semi-permanently, as long as that counters on it, it is flying. Uh, this, this will probably yeah. get you, um, or get me at least, where I'm going to forget that their thing permanently is flying from a sentence board. So... Be, be aware, this is the one card that I saw that uses a, an ability counter. Speaking of counters... Great, so put a little flying yeah. reminder on there. Yeah, and speaking of... <laughs> speaking of counters, Finn, the Fangbearer, uh, he deals with poison. He's a 1-3 for green and 1, legendary Whoa. creature human warrior with death touch, and whenever a creature you control with death touch deals combat damage to a player, that player gets two poison counters. And then it reminds you, so weird. Why is this card in here? Who knows? Because, because, because Vorinclex is coming but, around. But why doesn't Vorinclex do with poison? He's the Phyrexian. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Rob, look, great question. I, I, but I mean, is like Finn just randomly, did Vorinclex be like, hey, do you want a special ability? Finn is, Finn, the fang that Finn is bearing, 
Vorinclex's fang. Oh, Could maybe. Be. That that would not surprise me. So here's the deal. If you haven't played with poison before, this reminds you, a player with 10 or more poison counters loses the game. So Finn, Finn kills in five hits, right? If standard dish thing. He's the only character in a while that deals with poison counters. And he gives it out to your other death touch things, so it makes them really problematic to either block or not block. The... Wow. Okay, okay. I've got, I'm going to look up how many death touchers there are in no, Scryfall. there's a ton of creatures with death touch. Okay. You probably want to limit Even it to standard. In... Oh, yeah, just I in call time. There's just for like, lim- like, like half Could a I dozen? just make a limited deck, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Finn is an uncommon, so you're, you'll actually see him fairly often. He, he also is, mm-hmm. he reminds me of very old poison cards. So he deals his damage in addition to doing the poison, right? He doesn't have infect. So he still hits for one point of damage. Mm, so he might okay. close out killing them anyways. And, so mm-hmm. he's like, I deal you one normal, but also Correct. these two poison. And the poison nice. counters are a pain to remove. There really isn't a way in standard to deal with poison counters at all. The trade-off is that Finn is so unique mm-hmm. that he's going to be troublesome to try to kill people with anyways. So all it's right. a weird thing. Um, I... This is why this set reminds me a lot of Ice Age, which I mentioned in our pre-show. But, like, Ice Age did this a lot, where yes. it had one card that was a theme all on its own. And then they, they'd come back and mine that in some later magic set. But, like, th- this is very yeah. strange that this stands alone in nice. this set. It's probably... Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'll let you know that it's the gonna be the cheese stands alone. <laughs> the cheese, indeed. Finn, comma the cheese. <laughs> that it's gonna be really hard to do this in limited because there's only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cards in the whole set that even have the word death touch on them, and not yeah. all of them are creatures. So, oh. well, and he and, and he does have to do. It has to be a creature with death touch. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm just letting you know, like you can live the dream, but it'll be yes. a tough dream. So, non-basics with basic land types are back. Uh, welcome to Snow Duels. We said we wanted them. We asked for them for years. Yeah. And Watsi gave us, enters the battlefield, tapped Snow Duels. So, uh, there's a cycle, uh, one for each color pair. They are common, they are snow land, and then have two basic land types. They enter the battlefield tapped. So, Highland Forest is a snow land mountain forest. And that means it taps for either red or green just like mountains do and just like forests do. And it is not basic. So anything that searches for basic lands cannot find Highland Forest. It is a mountain and a forest, though. So anything that searches for mountains or forests will find it. For people that are fairly new to the game and haven't seen haven't seen dual-type lands before, this is relevant. And it's a common, so it's going to come up a bunch. You're going to see these a bunch in on Arena because they're just really respectable lands. They're not great, but they're fine. What a respectable piece of land that is. Very respectable. Uh, So I want to move on to individual cards. All right. Let's go. Let's go. So let's start with a card of the temple that makes me angry. (laughs) Ooh, this is, Rob did say at the beginning of the show, he was like, yeah, he's like, well, some of these cards made me mad. Here's one. Boreal Outrider. It's a three, two for green and two snow creature elf warrior. Whenever you cast a creature spell, if snow of any of that spell's colors was spent to cast it, that creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on. Look at my face right now, if yes. you can see in this video. What? What? Right. So here's the deal. 
I have a Boreal Outrider and a, on, the battle, on the battlefield, and I go to cast Bear Cub, which is a 2-2 for green and white. It has no abilities, right? I cast it with Snow Mountain and Basic Forest. I paid a red snow mana, so red mana that came from a snow land, and green that didn't come from a snow land. And I do not get a counter from Boreal Outrider. It must be no. snow mana that matches the uh, A color of the creature. Oh, I see. Gotcha. So if I had Snow that... Forest, that's a green mana that came from a snow land. Mm-hmm. In, so then then my bear cub would enter with the plus one plus one counter. All right, then. So okay, that I don't know why bizarre. they printed it this way. This is a very, very yeah. strange thing. They've never cared about this on any card in the past. And it's kind of like it's like you were trying to wrap your head around it. Right. Yes. Uh, and I don't know why it exists like this. Be aware that if you tap like it, it, Arena's Auto Tapper will probably get you on this. I don't know if it's going to anticipate yeah. this at all. But oh, this the, elk is very <clears throat> cute, though. Oh, really pretty, really the, pretty elk. The, the elk is gorgeous. I love the. I love what they what they did with like the structure of this card. The like pay pay some snow mana to cast your spells. But it's really weird to wrap your head around this. Um, yep, fair enough. And then be be careful when tapping your lands because it needs the color needs to match one of the creature's colors. Yeah. Um, and multiple boreal outriders each trigger each trigger. So if you have two boreal outriders. And I cast a bear cub with a snow forest and some other land. I'll get two counters. Great. So nice. all right, my bear triggers. cub boreal outrider deck is ready to go. <laughs> I just use it because it's a creature with no abilities and it's very cute. Yeah. Yes. So Craven Hulk. Craven Hulk is a giant coward. It's a four-four for red and three. And Rob, it, you don't have to be so mean. Wow, Rob. No, it, wow. it, it told okay. me it was a giant coward. I just, I just went with it. Um, so <laughs> Craven Hulk is, it can't block alone. And you would think that means it must group block attackers. That's not necessarily true. It just, you can't be the only creature you have that's blocked. So gotcha. if, okay. if they attack you with two creatures and you have Craven Hulk and another blocker, each one can block one of those creatures. Because Craven gotcha. Hulk is, it isn't your only blocker. Yeah. Uh, it, but you don't have to double block one of them. You can split it up because Craven Hulk just cares that he has a friend somewhere on his side of the yeah. Hey, hey, are you going to like hey, block this are you combat? Blocking? Are you thinking about blocking today? I, I don't know if I want I was thinking about blocking. Are you going to block though? Only if someone else is going to block. If you block, I'll block. <laughs> but if you don't block, I'm not going to block. No, that, that's what happens when you have two Craven Hulks. Two Craven Hulks can block. It can each block a separate creature. They aren't blocking alone. <laughs> Craven Hulk is the most middle school card I've ever seen. <laughs> it really is. Um, uh, Lajara. I'm gonna butcher some names because there's J's in the middle of these words, and I'm not sure if I should pronounce them as wise. Uh, Lityara Kinseekers is blue and three for a two-four uh, creature shapeshifter with Changeling. When Lityara Kinseekers enters the battlefield. If you control three or more creatures that share a creature type, put a plus one plus one counter on the Arakin Seekers, then scry one. This is going to count itself. So you just it just needs two friends that match each other. Uh, just nice. be aware okay. that that you will like your math is easier than you think it is, but at the same time you have to think about it more. <laughs> Masked Vandal. Uh, this is one of those other cards that makes me angry because they clearly know what the template should be, but. Uh, so, Master Vandal is a is a one three for green and one creature shape shifter with changeling, and it says when Mask Vandal enters the battlefield, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, 
Exile target artifact or enchantment an opponent controls. So this seems straightforward. What makes you mad here? What makes me mad is they have this technology called reflexive triggers, where they have a triggered ability, and then that triggered ability creates a second triggered ability. Okay. This is not a reflexive trigger. This, okay. this behaves in the opposite order of what it's listed. So it says, if you do exile target artifact or an enchantment opponent controls, it enters the battlefield, the trigger goes in the stack, it targets that thing. They get the chance to respond. If they don't do anything, then your ability resolves, and you may exile something at that point. You don't pay until the resolution. Weird. Yes. It's, and you know, I know that they're perfectly cognizant of reflexive triggers. There's a saga with a reflexive trigger in this set. <laughs> All right, then. I'm, there's several of these. Um, so if any of the cards you see, when this enters the battlefield, you may exile something from your graveyard if you do do a thing to a target thing. Um, you put the target on the stack first, and then you exile during the resolution. Gotcha. And so then you get to make your choice about whether or not to exile, whether or not to do anything. If their yeah. artifact or enchantment yeah. leaves the battlefield in response, then the the trigger <laughs> is countered. Well, not counted. The trigger fails to resolve, and you don't have to exile anything. In fact, you can't exile okay. anything. Great. Uh, I love doing thing to target things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raider's Carve. Uh, Raider's Carve is a vehicle. It's a 4-4 four, four for 3 mana. And when it attacks, it's an artifact, by the way. When it attacks, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card, you may put it onto the battlefield tapped. Because it's exploring! I get it. It is. It, re- it is. It's actually really cool. It is a crew of three. And so there's a bunch of modal double face cards in in uh, in Zendikar, Rising Reborn Zendikar three. Uh, so <laughs> I can never remember these sets now that they're they're on multiple yep, returns. Right. Zendikar Rising Reborn colon Zendikar three yeah. is which I, what I wish it was called. <laughs> and, and so uh, the thing with Raiders Carve is. If you modal double face cards that are spells in the front and lands in the back aren't lands, Raiders card won't put them onto the battlefield. If they are lands, just on, like Valky. Yep, just like Valky. And if they are lands on both sides, it will only put the front face onto the battlefield. Got gotcha. so okay. Be aware. You cannot pick. Yeah, you you don't get to pick. Um, it's it's just something that's going to come up with them. Um, I don't know if people will be playing this card. It looks like a very medium vehicle to me, but it's possible. <laughs> Uh, Roots of Wisdom. It's a sorcery for green and one. It says, mill three cards, then return a land card or elf card from your graveyard to your hand. If you can't, draw a card. So, you must do it what it says. If you have an elf in your graveyard and you don't want it... <laughs> I can't! Yes. I you can't must. return it. I just I want it in the graveyard. Yes. I just like it in there better. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was my friend, but he needs to stay dead. And so, uh, but no. I can't. R- Roots of Wisdom, even if you hate your elf friend, must return your elf friend. Or you a must. land, if there's a land oh. in your graveyard. And so it's very possible gotcha. you'll mill a land, hate your life, don't want the land, you want to draw a spell. But Roots of Wisdom doesn't care. You Too bad. Land back. Too bad. You must. You yes. must. You must. Uh, run Ashore. Run Ashore is an instant for blue, blue, and four. It says choose one or both. The owner of target non-land permanent puts it on the top or bottom of their library. Or return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So nice. you hmm. pick two permanents, right? Um, two different non-lands. Uh, you, you hand one to your opponent, and you say put it either on the top or the bottom of your library. You probably won't do this to your opponent. Um, the return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, sometimes you'll target your own things. 
sometimes everything will line up where you put a rune on their permanent because you need to disciple it, and you need to bounce their thing to the top or bottom of their library and return your rune oh. to your hand. You can do that. Ooh. Um, the rune doesn't get put into the graveyard until after the spell is done resolving, if it's still on the battlefield and not attached to anything. So gotcha. if you have an aura that's on a thing that they that is that is on their creature. Also, if you have a an aura that is turning down their creature for whatever reason, the the blue vendetta. I don't remember what the what the new blue vendetta is, but you might send their <laughs> thing away and then return your aura to your hand. Oh, the constant blue vendetta is to draw cards. Yes, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Hold on, I just have to read the flavor text of this Ooh, card yes. because it's very good. In the voice that I'm sure it was uttered originally. Yeah. Which one of you slug-brained milksops forgot to make an offering to Cosima? Although they're Vikings, so they're not Scottish, yeah. but, you know, it just <laughs> it just came up. Great. Great. Uh, Scorn Effigy. Scorn Effigy is an artifact creature scarecrow. Three mana for a 2-3. It's three. a scarecrow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got Wayne Reynolds to do it, and he did a great job, as usually does with these. Uh, but... He is, the Scorn Effigy here has a foretell of zero. So you can foretell it for two mana, just like with all the other foretell cards, and then you can't cast it right away. You have to wait. Uh, you, you put it on layaway, but you get it for free because it is a foretell of zero. Uh, this card wow. like teaches you how foretell works because this would be a dumb card if it just like lets you cast it for two mana, right? Yeah. But you, you can't. Instead, you send it to the future and you cast it on a future turn for, for free. Yeah. <laughs> also, speaking of flavor text, this thing's flavor text is the most depressing flavor text I think I've ever read. It remembers every wound it has seen or suffered and nothing else. That's rough, man. Yeah. That's real rough. Poor buddy. Wither Crown. With, oh, Wither Crown. Is, yeah. Uh, Wither Crown is an aura for black and one in, with enchant creature. Enchanted creature has a base power zero. And has, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life unless you sacrifice this creature. <laughs> so it it turns your creature down and then gives you the option about whether or not you want to keep it. Because if it has abilities, you might want to hold on to it. Or, yeah. Wither Crown sets the base power to zero. That basically says take the number in the lower right-hand corner and change that to zero. But other things will apply on top of it. So plus one plus one counters will apply on top of Wither Crown. Or as equipment, they'll apply on top of that zero. So you're you're t- changing gotcha. the base number, but not the additional stuff that gets added to it. Yeah. What a cool card! It is a very yeah. cool card. I really like this art too. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Agar, the freezing flame. Agar is a legendary creature, giant wizard for red blue one for a three three. Whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess damage, if a giant wizard or spell you controlled dealt damage to it this turn, draw a card. That's a lot of things to say. Yeah, basically, he he has friends. He, his friends are giants. His friends are wizards, and his friends are lightning bolts. And so, yeah, yes. <laughs> um, lucky guy. Hey, you know, I a man shall be judged by the company he keeps. So, <laughs> so Agar the Freezing Flame uh, wants any of these to do overkill to something. Excess damage, or, is, or if you deal something more damage than its toughness or the number of loyalty counters on. So gotcha. if they have a two a, a planes over two loyalty left and you lightning bolt it, um, Agar will get you to draw a card. 
Nice. Uh, this is cool. Oh, that's this cool. Is cool. Uh, you dealt more damage than its toughness. This gets tricky with yeah. trample. Trample is it changes the rules for damage assignment. So if you have a 1-1 one, gotcha. one, and I attack you with a 2-2 two, two giant with trample, trample says I can assign lethal damage to the creature and then other damage to the player. So I assign yeah, one yes. damage to your 1-1 one, one, and then one damage to you. Your 1-1 one, one does not take excess damage. So Agar would be like, no, yes. man. But trample is optional. So if I want to draw a card with Agar, I can choose to assign the two damage to the one one. Nice. Weird. Okay. Question. Yeah. If it's a three three with trample and it's a one one, can I deal two yes. damage to the one one and one yes, to you the player? Wow. And I'll draw a card. How is this gonna look on a I have no idea. Be, so I, I I've never tried card. to assign bonus damage to the creature that I'm trampling yeah. trampling over on arena. Bonus damage. Yeah. I like there there's very rare corner cases where you want to but it's not that frequent like you need to mark extra damage on it because it's going to get extra life from fate flower or something like yeah or it's a death's shadow that's the only reason that you ever do that in modern is because you don't want to deal damage to the player you need to deal all to the death's shadow to make sure it dies I got to yeah. say I'm glad you brought this up cuz I remember seeing this card and just being kind of like what when I first cool. saw it. It's so cool, though. Look at how long his beard is. <laughs> long beard. Yeah. Long well, beard. Look, at, look at how big he is, too. He's got a long boat for scale. Yeah. Right? He's enormous. His beard yeah, is the size of the long man. boat. Yeah, we're not, doing, we're not messing with scale birds no. with no. this guy. Scale no. boat. Uh, but he is only a 3-3. Three, three, so he can get killed by, like, a random yeah. soldier. Yeah. <laughs> so, Axe Guard Armory. Uh, Axgard Armory is one of a cycle of lands, and it is a strange one. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. It's a land. Taps for white. Um, white, red, red, and one, and tap and sacrifice it. Search your library for an aura card and or an equipment card. Reveal them and put them into your hand. Then shuffle your library. So Axgard Armory, uh, you can sacrifice it, including at, at an opponent's end step, and it finds you an aura or an equipment or both. Yep. I love it. So people, nice. people are going to miss and or on this, I think. They're going to be like, oh, I get to get an aura or an equipment. What do I get? Well, just get them both, right? Get yeah. them both. Ooh. Live that, live that good life. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I love that card. Uh, finding the old gods. I don't actually care what any of the text Beautiful. on this card says. Uh, I want you to know, I, I don't know if you've seen this. This is a woodcut. Yeah. Oh, this this is so not a painting. Cool. It's so uh, cool. So I believe it's the only magic card ever done as a woodcut for their art. Um, oh, I have God. no rules commentary on it. I just I'm really impressed with Victor Adame Minguez who did this. It's it's beautiful piece. Oh. It's like this big. It's uh, it's incredible. Uh, so track that down if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I I remember seeing him at uh, GPs all the time. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know if that ever happens again in the future, I'll go up and be like high five just for this. <laughs> just yeah, this he does yeah. he does such good work too. Like he did which yeah, one did he, he do yeah. for me? Is this Victor? Yeah. Oh, so, do you have, have some art from his? From him. Cool. Ooh, very uh, nice. That's Tulane on the front. So. Very and he, cool. And like, he's, he's a nice guy, and he does such great work. So uh, incredible yeah. respect to the magic artist that he is. Um, Giant's Amulet. It's an artifact equipment for single blue. It's part of a cycle that says when, some, when this equipment enters the battle, you, you may pay some mana. If you do, create a token 
and attach the, the thing to it. Uh, Giant's Amulet says, when it enters the battlefield, you may pay blue and three. If you do, create a 4-4 blue giant wizard creature token, then attach Giant's Amulet to it. Equipped creature gets plus O plus one and has, this creature has hexproof as long as it's untapped. And equips for two mana. All right. So. I love it. What you're going to run into if you play, if you play like on spell table with people is they're going to want to respond like in the middle of this trigger that says when it enters the battlefield, create this thing and then attach the equipment to it. Um, it, it has it then in the middle. It does it sequentially. It creates the creature at that size and then attaches it to the, the thing, but it's all during the trigger. So they can't respond in the middle. Uh, this is relevant for oh, Giant's gotcha. Amulet. So yeah, it'll, it'll have, have hexproof before yeah. they can Yeah, and uh, the Elven Longbow makes a 1-1 token. They can't deal at one point of damage in the middle. It gets it gets the buff from the Elven Longbow beforehand. Or before they get the chance gotcha. to respond. Gotcha. Nice. So, uh, Yara Mirror Lake. Uh, this is a land. It's part of that cycle that, sac- that pays two colors to sacrifice to do a thing. It enters the battlefield tapped, taps yeah. for blue. Um... Blue, green, green, two, and tap and sacrifice Litiara Mirror Lake. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control, except it enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. If the thing you copy is only temporary creature, temporarily a creature, like say it's a vehicle, then it will enter as not a creature, but it will still enter with an extra plus one, plus one counter. So if you gotcha. if you crew up a car and then or in this case a boat, and then make the use the mirror like to make a bonus boat, uh, the boat will get a plus one plus one counter. It won't be animated. The token copy will enter as a base gotcha. vehicle with a plus one plus one counter. Weird. Nice. So it, it it it's a creature when you mm-hmm. make it because your boat was a creature, and then afterwards it goes back to just being an no 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 no. The, the base thing is still a creature the whole time. So you have the you have your boat that got crewed. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. Mirror Lake copies it. When you copy something, you get the base characteristics of the object. So you get an un- uncrewed boat. And nice. But okay. it comes, with, but it. It comes out so with a plus one, plus one Yeah. Um, nice. So it's weird. But yes, be aware that if you try to do, like, I need two boats, you will get a second boat. It, you just won't be able to, to do anything with it. Yeah. It just won't be an awake yes, boat. Yes, it will be a sleepy no, boat. So sleepy nap boat. boat. Uh, the Trickster God's Heist. It's a saga for uh, black, blue, and two. Step one, you may exchange control of two target creatures. Step two, you may exchange control of two target, non-basic, non-creature permanents that share a card type. Step three, target player loses three life and you gain three life. So in step two, it says two target, non-basic, non-creature permanents that share a card type. Snow is not a card type. Gotcha. Okay. So you can't exchange your land for their snow artifact because snow is not. Mm-hmm. Snow is a super type. It's like legendary. Uh, so you gotcha. You can't. You couldn't exchange a legendary planeswalker for a legendary creature either. Gotcha. So nice. basically, chapter two is normally not going to mm-hmm. do anything. Well, I mean, it could exchange to non-basic non-creature permanents that share a card type is basically artifacts or basic lands. Yeah, two non-basic lands. Yeah, two non-basic lands. It could swap two. It lets you. It lets you change a two non-basic. It lets you change a treasure token for a vehicle. That's fun. Okay. And the other thing is that for an exchange, both things have to be there for the exchange to happen. So if you target an 
a treasure token and a vehicle, and you sacrifice your treasure token in response to your own ability, you can do that. You won't get their their boat. Just yeah. they both have to be there for the exchange. Um, yeah. Question: What if I were to? I have an enchantment. Uh, I have an enchantment. You know, thing. <laughs> wow. Saga? No. Okay, sure. I have an enchantment saga. Okay. Um, and it, you know, I don't care about the last chapter. And they have like an enchantment rune, and I swap them. Does the rune get to nope, attach? No, the to rune something? stays what it, whatever it's currently attached to. So you can change your trickster god's heist out for their rune of flight, and the rune of height will remain attached oh, to their okay. permanent. So I own it, but it's still yeah, on there. Yeah, just like thing. if you played the Rune of Flight on their basic swamp, right? <laughs> you own the Rune of Flight that you played on their swamp, right? <laughs> Great idea. Great. I love it. Let's so, do it. So basically, basically, don't do yes, that. <laughs> probably don't do that. Arena will, will do it correctly, and you will be sad. <laughs> oh, man. Well, really glad I asked. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Look, that rune is still attached to your creature, but I just want us both to I be clear. I own yeah, well, it. you control it. it. They still own it. I mean, you, um, I control it. I control it. it. I control that rune. <laughs> Cosima, god of the voyage. Uh, she has a, a back face. I don't actually care about it. It's really straightforward. Um, but we're going to talk about Cosima's front, okay. which is she's a legendary creature god, 2-4 for, for blue and 2. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may exile Cosima. If you do, the exiled Cosima gains whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control. If Cosima is exiled, you may put a voyage counter. If you don't, return Cosima to the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it and draw X cards, where X is the number of voyage counters on it. So wild, yeah, so strange. Every time, it, like it, I, I added the exiled Cosima gains that it gains that ability while it's in exile. Um, and so anytime a land comes out, you get a landfall trigger that makes you choose to either send a card to the future or cash in for all of the cards. And when you cash in for all of the cards, you you, you draw a card for every everything every voyage counter you put on Cosima, and she comes back with a bunch of plus one, plus one counters. She's like a slow backwards nice. tireless track. <laughs> What did you I mean, it's bizarre, but she's cool. very cool. Um, she's like referencing infinite unlimited voyages and Odysseus and the scalds and all sorts of things. And it's very hard to figure oh. out what this card is doing or whether or not it will do anything for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, in, um, well, I, yeah, I love you it. can choose. You can cash <laughs> in and draw all your cards, or you can just leave more cards set up in the future. You could draw more cards later, or yeah. some cards now. It's like the marshmallow test. Megan just never brings her back because she's always like, never. Mm, I'm just like, think about how next time it'll be <laughs> even more. Uh, in Search of Greatness, it's an enchantment for green green. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may cast a permanent spell from your hand with converted mana cost equal to one plus the highest converted mana cost among other permanents you control without paying its mana cost. If you don't, scry one. So, In Search of Greatness, it, your upkeep happens. And In Search of Greatness doesn't see itself. Uh, one plus the highest converted mana cost among other permanents you control. So if you have no other things, you could cast a uh, one, because it's one greater than zero. 
Um, gotcha. if, okay. if you have yep. a, if you have a three cost permanent on the battlefield, in search of greatness will let you cast exactly a four. Um, okay. And if you don't do this, if you don't have anything to cast, you just scry one. Hey, Rob, yeah. I have a question for you. Uh, you're playing mm -hmm. your pre-release. You've got a green base deck. Are you putting this card in it? In your uh, sealed deck? If I'm primary green and I have a curve of creatures, so like I have like twos and threes and fours, if I'm missing a number, I probably don't play. Well, no, I probably play this anyways. I would pay... I would. Probably pay green green for an enchantment that's it's quite one of your upkeep and sealed. Like, like right. the, okay. the more that I look at it, like just noting, in, just noting for yeah. a video that maybe yeah. in, in sealed fail cases you scry one every turn, and it, like yeah. it's pretty yeah. bad later in the game. But a lot of twos are pretty bad later in the game. So, yeah, on two though it's pretty great. Like scry one every upkeep for two mana, I, it's yeah. fine. Like that, I play that card as a okay. common or uncommon, so I'm not going to not play it if I open it as a rare. Like what? Gotcha. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so we have the back side of a card. So the front face of this card is. I'm going to find it. Um. Uh, Sir yeah, Snow. Yeah, John Snow. Um. Yes. Yeah, it really, is. it's it's John Snow. But I only put the back face because I don't actually care about any of his abilities <laughs> in the front face. Uh, but so yeah. he is Jorn, God of Winter, on the front. I don't. Um, we're just going to skip there over that go. front and there go right go. to the back. Uh, black, blue, one for Cauldrig the Rhyme Staff. It is a legendary snow artifact. Uh, it uh, it has tap. You may play target snow permanent card from your graveyard this turn. If you do, it enters the battlefield tap. So if the snow thing is a double-faced card, like, say, Jorn, who is, who is a snow creature, uh, right? You can, and mm -hmm. it is a double-faced snow card, you target the snow permanent card in your graveyard, and then you can play either side of it. Because Cauldrick says you can okay. cast either half. Or it says you may play that card. Gotcha. Um, it doesn't actually... Gotcha. What if in your graveyard this is a snow land and you've already made a you land drop? You cannot make an additional turn. land drop. You have to play things following their normal rules. You have to cast them for their normal things. You have to use your normal land drop. So Aldrig lets you play nice. a single snow land per turn or just recast like two twos for three or whatever. Sick. Mystic Reflection. Blue and one for an instant. Choose target non legendary creature. The next time one or more creatures or planeswalkers enter the battlefield this turn, they enter as copies of the chosen creature. Foretell for single blue. So Mr. Reflection's a weird magic card. Um, you pick a creature, yeah. and then the next thing that comes out for either player is a copy of that thing. So if you have a, you know, a 0-1 plant token, and uh, they cast a creature spell, you can respond by casting Mr. Reflection targeting your plant. Their creature will enter as a 0-1 plant. Um, it lets you target right. their things. Great. So you choose a target non-legendary creature. Uh, so if you have a plant token that's being made by something, if you have a 0-1 plant token trigger from um, Phyteth, the world sculptor, um, Phyteth puts his yeah. trigger to make a bunch of plants in the stack. You target their 3-3. Three, three, and the, the plants, because they're all entering at the same time, all enter as that thing. Great. Um, it is great. They try and cast their Tibble for nine, and you're like, nice. Yes, nice plant token. Nice plant, buddy. He's only seven. Tibble's, Tibble's black, red, five. 
<laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. Um, You're right. So Mystic Reflection basically, like, it's a very strange blue removal slash buff spell. Uh, it is going to be difficult to wrap your head around what this can do at any given time. So. Yeah. And once it's done its thing, once it's made something into a, made a copy, it doesn't apply again to further off, the further creatures with the drop. So it's just the, just one, the one, but time. if they all enter you at the same time, once. it will apply to all of them. You get it once. Yeah. Okay. I have a question, though. So I, what happens if the thing that you have chosen is not around anymore, like... If you're like, I, I want it, I have a plant, it will come in as plant. But then they're like, somehow kill your plant? Um, it, you use the copyable values from the last time it was on the battlefield. So whatever its last set of copyable okay. values it has. Um, if it stops okay. being a creature, but, it was, but this resolved on it, somehow it stopped being a creature, like a, an animating enchantment fell off or something. Um, you will copy it as its current status. Okay. If it stops being on the battlefield, then it leaves the last value, the last values from it. Yep. So it remember. It remembered the plant. The mystic reflection remembers the plant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this card I've never played. It. I I'm out. This is what? No, it's too oh, weird. Yeah. Um, there's <laughs> one that <laughs> I didn't. I do need to mention because this hit my end, but there's one left. Okay. Um, Alrund, God of the Cosmos. Um, Alrund, God of the Cosmos, uh -huh. is a 1-1 one, one for Blue Blue 3, Legendary Creature God. Alrund gets plus 1, plus 1 for each card in your hand, and each foretold card you own in exile. At the beginning of your end step, choose a card type, then reveal the top two cards of your library. Put all cards of the chosen type into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Um, his... If you look at the actual version that's on Scryfall, um, he is mm -hmm. missing the phrase uh, revealed this way. Yeah, and I actually missed it when I was, when I was reading it, because that's what the image says. Uh, reveal the top two cards of your library. Put all oh, cards yeah. of the chosen type into your hand. Put all cards of the chosen type revealed this way gotcha. into your hand. Uh, gotcha. So he's just missing. Yeah, he's some missing words some words, and they make him not work at all. So he has or he has a rod a day one, <laughs> or day zero a rod. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I love good a good day one errata. Don't we all? Um, and note for oh, Alrund, right. um, you choose a card type. Snow is not a card type. You cannot choose snow. Uh, so yes. Yes, if you take one thing away from this episode, please note, snow, snow. Yes. not a card type. Not it's a just card a, type. a super type that tags onto any any card. Uh, so yeah. that's run through my my stuff. That's what I got. Yay! You're welcome. Thank you. Rob, that that was great. I mean, honestly, you do, you do a fantastic job every time, and this time especially kudos because of, you know, how many words of rules text we have so in call time. It's Ice words. Age. It's a whole set of cards with a whole pile of words that half of them don't do anything. <laughs> well, 
There you go. Welcome, Welcome back, back to Ice, Ice Age. Uh, so what's going to happen is when yeah. we put this episode on on Tuesday, um, Rob, if you have any questions that we did not cover in this episode, um, you can go over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodluckhigh5. And Rob, for about a week or so, will go in and answer your questions in the comments. So if something came up and you're like, oh, I didn't hear the answer to this on the show, don't worry. You can ask it under our YouTube video in the comments and Rob yeah. will help you out for about a week. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, we'll we'll chill and we'll answer all sorts of questions. It is time for none other than the grossest card. <laughs> um, I have two strong contenders. Yeah. Um, one is a little bit reminiscent of our old friend Doom Whisperer. Yeah. Who had so many arms, except this person, gentleman demon, has tentacle face, um, and that is Dream Devourer. <laughs> Dream Devourer, spooky tentacle beard, not about it. Not about tentacles. They're gross and weird. Um, But I really got to give it to this thing that I don't know what it is. And it's spooky and gross. And that is nothing more than Orvar the Allform. I think maybe the first time a blue... Wait, no. Gainsay is blue. And that one is one of the all-timers. But Orvar the Allform, a blue card winning, um, our grossest card. Don't know what's going on. Is that tentacle his? Is it just his buddies? What is his face made of? Um, everything and nothing all at once everything and nothing all at once not about it not about <laughs> this face or lack thereof yeah congratulations yeah. orvar rob's on board real gross if you know what and so this this grossest card is brought to you by what is your face made of <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I need to know you usually have very strong opinions about cutest card uh, for oh, you do you have ones that stand I, I, out to you this, th- that you're sure I won't uh, consider? <laughs> I have opinions. I like Pilfering Hawk a lot. All right, all right. He, he stole he stole a trinket and he just wants to hold on to it. That's 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 <laughs> yeah. exciting. Aww. He is very cute. Oh, very cute burb. Very cute burb. Very cute burb. <laughs> right? Um, and th- there's a bunch of just like like funny cute ones, but that that's probably the like. If I had to pick an animal out of the set to have, I would have that one. Yeah. This is a very cute bird. He's real good. A lot of people have thought that maybe the, the pup in this set oh, um, yeah. is a nominee for cutest card. I can't remember mm. what it's called. It's just a little green puppy dog. Cute. Um, which, you know, yeah, I'm going to say, like, it is cute, the, of course. The, it's a little green the, pup. Um, the Packmate or the Fearless Pup? Oh, is which one? Okay, hold up. We're gonna have to pull out. There's, we'll there's two wolves. There's two wolves in the set. Fearless pup's red. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So sorry. I th- I was thinking it must be green because it's a pup, but no, it's red. Okay. Fearless yeah. Pup. Fearless pup's red, and Seraph's packmate's green, and they're both howling at the moon. And oh. like, actually, if you look at them next to each other, it's actually like a like a young like a little kid, and then a oh, there like an is. adult. Yeah. Oh, fearless them, so. pup is so cute. He howls. He's very yeah. cute. He howl. But. Um, you know, I just can't go for it. Um, it's cute, but it's not going to win. Okay. Um, it's a little pandery, uh, first of all, second of all, (laughs) Maria always likes to call pandering. (laughs) Second of all, it's a dog and it can't win versus a cat. Am I right? All right. Well, Maria, we all know Maria's biases. Yes. And And, and you don't want the other dog card wings of the cosmos. Oh, can you pull that one up? Megan wings of the cosmos. Hold on. Hold on. We're we're searching for it. It's an angel dog. Remember when I made my all dogs go to heaven deck? Yes. Oh, it's this card is beautiful. We both made that deck. How dare you write me out of that history? (laughs) 
<laughs> you know wow. my wow <laughs> how we made that deck i remember nothing my memory is a sieve <laughs> wings of the cosmos that's that is a beautiful good boy yeah very beautiful good boy yeah. but maria yes obviously the winner is asika's chariot are you even kidding me two fluff mcfluffer trons sitting and one is like puffed up and puffy and the other one is sitting in him's little chariot taking a sun nap getting ready to be pulled away and asika's like call come come on cats you got to pull pull my butt around and these cats are like but hold on i'm taking a mr nap <laughs> wow all right asika's chariot you win cutest car congratulations you probably win for the entire year i don't know what could possibly beat you but there you go it is it is a very cute card it's very it, cute it, it really yeah. is Although I can't believe not even a shout out for Toski. I mean, Toski obviously gets a shout out. It's a yeah. squirrel. Um, Real it, cute. The very first legendary squirrel. Thank you, Mark Rosewater. Love Toski. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the first black bordered legendary squirrel, right? Yes, yes, yeah. black bordered. Um, big fan of Toski. Uh, the showcase art is not cute. The showcase art is a very formidable, like a uh, regal squirrel. Yeah. But Toski. Toski himself, I would say, is kind of a little too lizardy to be very cute. But I mean, oh. he's but he's small and he's got good frills. So right. you know, well, congrats he's in the conversation. To Asika's chariot. Yeah, absolutely. Guess what? What? Ultra Pro's cool. <laughs> yes, they sure are. They are a very cool place. If you are looking to celebrate some of the awesome art of Call Time oh, yeah. by having it on play mats, on sleeves, on deck boxes, you just want to look at that sick art all day. Well, do you know what? Best way to do it. Besides holding the card right in front of your <laughs> face all day. And that's just not as feasible. No, no. And here's the thing. I feel like Dominaria was one of the all-time art sets. Yeah, Greatest, it was great. great art. It was and really I think good. Call Time is right after Dominaria. Yes. It's call a, Time is like way up there. It's, it's got custom. some sweet art. Yeah. Ooh, like that beautiful woodcut. I know. Oh, oh. There's some really gorgeous, like sagas have been such a such an incredible thing for magic art, I think. Yeah, and I've just been so thrilled to see all the cool stuff Ultra Pro has been printing with mm-hmm. the Call Time art on it. Ooh, they've got like the cool banners. The banners, if yeah. If you like the saga art, you can get us like the cool banners. Oh. Hang those things yes. up in your house. Boom, immediate improvement. Um, I've also seen them. They've got a really cool new Call Time deck box that they took some pictures yes. of with in some snow and it just looks beautiful. Very so cool. if you're like us and you're a fan of this Call Time artwork, yeah, you know, support the artist, support our show by getting some of this cool ultra pro swag for magic and celebrate the art of magic on some of your stuff. Well, human beings, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. That's right. Thank you once again so much to Judge Rob oh, yeah. for coming out and telling us everything that we need to know to head into Coldheim. Yeah, I feel so much better prepared for my pre-release. Thanks to Judge Rob. Yes. And big round of applause for him taking time out of his busy schedule to come here and help us every time a new set drops. So thumbs up. Thank you so much, everybody who supports the show over on Patreon, mm-hmm. because what you're doing is helping us be able to bring Judge Rob on and educate, you know, everybody who plays magic. Everybody. Everybody. By giving um, the show. And you make sure that we are able to bring that content to people, whether they are able to support right now or not. Right. So if you're able to and you got something from this Judge Rob episode or something from our 10 worst rares to open in your pre-release video <laughs> coming this Wednesday, yeah. consider heading on over to patreon.com slash GLH of magic and throwing a couple bucks our way yeah big thank you as well of course to card kingdom and ultra pro our other sponsors of this show and just you know yourself 
for being yes. there and for listening to us every week. We love hanging out with you and being com- your, your company. Yeah. Now go out and get rocked. <laughs> get your face melted off by some cauldron. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>